The first landing will be fine. Gilly Adam, quarantine logistics manager for Southland, predicts. That's good news for Nick and me and our new friends, a ranger, a filmmaker, and a kakapo team volunteer. We're leaving New Zealand's southernmost city, Invercargill, today to fly to the Kakapo's remote offshore island. But the first landing takes us only halfway there, to Stewart Island. What next? Another flight on a different plane. And that might not be so fine. The wind comes tumbling off the bay here, Gilly continues, pointing to a map on the wall at the quarantine office, and it's a bit dodgy taking off again. Dodgy? Well, if Codfish Island were easy to get to, it would probably be overrun with sheep, rats, cats, weasels, and people, instead of the safe haven for the kakapo that it is today. Wild, windy, and rugged, codfish is a world apart. No stoats, ferrets, or weasels ever came to the island. No people live here except visiting scientists, rangers, and volunteers. Once there were rats, but to protect the rare native species, wildlife workers killed them off. There aren't even many foreign weeds here. Most of the plants are New Zealand natives. The quarantine office and the kakapo team work hard to keep it that way. Before leaving the mainland, all visitors to codfish must wash everything in a special strong soap called trigene that kills bacteria, viruses, and fungi. We washed our pants and hats, polar fleeces and socks, rain gear and thermal underwear with it. Even our regular underwear. Nick and I soaked the soles of our boots in it. We sprayed it on our water bottles, on my tape recorder, on Nick's camera equipment, even on the handles of our toothbrushes and the covers of my notebooks. Only the lenses of Nick's cameras were spared. These he wiped with disinfecting alcohol. We couldn't take any chances. The trigene wash ensures we won't unwittingly spread germs of bird diseases from the mainland or from other countries to the Kakapo's island sanctuary. Before we leave Invercargill, we visit the quarantine office. Gilly checks all our gear to make sure it's safe. He turns every pocket inside out, inspects each Velcro closure, examines the threads of our hiking boots and sneakers. Each speck of dirt is scrubbed away. Any seed or piece of plant is removed and thrown away. Next, we transfer all our gear from our own backpacks and suitcases into special clean bags the quarantine office provides. And finally, we change out of the clothes we've worn to the office and into another set we had packed in sealed plastic bags to wear to the island. We leave the old clothes and backpacks behind to pick up later. Only then are we allowed to step into the clean room of the quarantine office, and from there proceed to our airplane. In our eight-seat, propeller-driven plane, we taxi down the grass runway. As the plane climbs, 
We looked down on fields with cows and sheep, homes and trees, all as small as a model railroad, as we fly south toward the sea. The white surf looks like feather down. The sunny weather grows gloomy, the sky gray and purple like a bruise, and we see rain in the distance. We're in the latitudes that early sailors dubbed the Roaring Forties because of frequent gale-force winds and lashing rain. We're glad we packed warm clothes and rain gear. Our first stop, Stewart Island, was once one of the Kakapo's last strongholds. Most of it is a national park. It's 695 square miles.